got my notes pulled up. Oh, do we want yeah. the music? No, it's fine. I just, I'm not, I'm used to seeing the three, two, one. So I was like, oh, what do yeah, I look yeah. for that? Well, now it's 11, 12, 13. But now you're right. actually, the, <laughs> you are actually the dictator of the podcast. So also, whose chair is squeaking like That's it's a, my chair. Amp. Is it squeaking a lot? It Just every time you move, like right, up and I'm going to switch chairs actually real quick. Okay. You roll in and I'll be right back. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to The John Chi Show. I decided to roll in and Patrick walked straight out of the room. Uh, <laughs> so my name is KJ here with Nathan and technically present Patrick, but he, had, he has a squeaky chair and uh, I thought it was going to take him less time. Like I thought he just had another chair in his room. He did not have another chair in his room. So he just walked straight out. So now I am opening the show with filling for time. Nathan, and he has how are no you? clue what you're saying. Yeah, oh, shh, he's back. <laughs> awkward silence hey buddy hey how's it going this is a lower chair <laughs> <laughs> i had to make some mic adjustments that's fine well good Camera now you're at our height <laughs> now, yeah welcome to our level yeah it's so weird <clears throat> we can see eye to eye the air is so much hotter down here what do i miss <laughs> i was just filling for time how are you guys doing i'm great how are you guys doing? I am also doing pretty okay. I'm dying of allergies, so that's mm. it's going to be a fun dance with the mute unmute button so that mm. Patrick doesn't have to add edit out a bunch of sneezes and whatnot. But I'll leave how's him that heat, heat going out for you guys? I mean, it's been really hot out here, but uh, tomorrow all of a sudden it drops down like 20 degrees. How oh, hot really? has it been out there? 90s. I only know that it's been like 110 in California. Yeah, so California has been real bad here. It's been in the the mid nineties, like ninety to ninety five. We're out of that. Finally. We're like high seventies, like low eighties. Oh, wow. Finally, so we're like nice. uh, we've been trending down. Um, right. So I've been turning the air off when I've been working from home, and it's been nice just leaving the door open for all the lucky, animals to come in. I guess lucky you, <laughs> all of the animals to come and live in your chair. Welcome. <laughs> that that's. Weather with the John Chi show. Yeah, it's we hot didn't even hear how it's, the weather was real, in Texas. It's real hot in Texas. It's hot. It's, it's always hot. We already knew that. Okay. <laughs> oh, I saw. I saw a headline. Uh, because of all the storms and the floods and whatnot, we have extra large mos- mosquitoes coming through. So that's fun. Uh, and the Instagram post was just like a picture of a giant mosquito, and I was like, "This is terrible. I don't want this in my newsfeed." But I guess it's nice to be informed. But woof. The so, way you said that, I totally woof. thought it was a combination of uh, mojito and <laughs> squeegee. Something else. I was like, wow. well, why are you talking about drinks? And then, like, what is a mosquito? Yeah, I was like, that sounds oh, and good. A I want one of, I want one it's of a those. Moscow mule and a mojito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's talking about us being the drink of the mosquito. Oh, well, yes. yes. I was like, did you just call yourself a tall drink of water? <laughs> Sir? And you know I'm a tall drink of water. Maybe a medium. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to like rub in your height, all right? It's because you're That's down true. at our level. I apologize. It's fine. <laughs> Profusely. Uh, well, fellas, this is in the, our our first episode recording in the hundreds. Um, how did you feel about our 100th episode, the release, the day of? Uh, I think both of you put some reflections out there. I had good intentions to put a reflection out there. Did not get to it, but yeah. On the other side of triple digits, how are you feeling? Good. <laughs> I was going to let you go first. No, I was going to say, I, I wish I felt a little better for the recording. I was fairly uh, <laughs> oh, uh, under the sick. weather. Oh, t- you mean t- physically. I know, I physically. thought you meant that it was bad. No, it no, 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 no. Okay. I was like, dang, dude. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> hot take. Coming no. in hot. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, I, I felt uh, good about the episode. I liked... I mean, we didn't really even talk about how we were going to do the episode. And and Jerry just rolls right in with that Dear Asian American intro. And it was just kind of, uh, you know, it, it was it threw me off guard. And then, you know, we were asking questions. And it was, 
I think it went well. I really liked that format in a way, as we were discussing, it was kind of like um, all three of us being interviewed again by Jerry. um, And, and, but this time kind of answering the same questions together. So uh, I I like that. And even though we didn't talk about it, I think it turned out great. That's what we do on our show. We freestyle. (laughs) Sometimes we throw it to somebody who comes on and they just take it away. (laughs) I really liked it. Um, I, on the other side of a hundred, um, I'm feeling good about it, I think. Um, kind of feeling like how I reflected before. I'm just a little bit all over the place, almost. It's kind of feels surreal in a way, just because it feels like 100 is a lot. And I don't know if we talked about it being a lot. I know we talked about time and it feeling like a long time ago from when we started the show. But I'm you just feeling feel like... The, the mountain of episodes on your chest. Like, yeah, this is a lot yeah of the weight of all of the episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I wasn't there for three of them, I think. Um, I, <laughs> so ninety-seven counting. episodes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel good. I liked, I liked that it felt like we were a guest on Dear Asian Americans. I like that he opened with that letter or with that letter with that email because I had That's completely letter, forgotten right? that he had reached out to all of us in that way. I thought it was more. He individually just sent us one calendar invite and then we showed up, but we did have that kind of preamble uh, that he's shared in the email. But yeah, I'm excited about, you know, what we are going to be going to and doing here coming forward. I think we have some good guests and stuff lined up. So I'm excited about this side of a hundred, but coming out of it, I feel like, I feel I feel accomplished in a way that makes me ready to take on this next challenge of whatever the next hundred episodes might be. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, from my own reflections and musings, um, this side of a hundred. Yeah, I'm excited for what the future holds. I'm excited for how the show continues to to grow and change. Um, I think we've got a good, strong sense of who we are, who and who we want to be. Uh, and I think as we continue. In our own journeys, it's going to be just exciting to experience and exciting to see, yeah, just how how we continue to evolve, how we continue to um, try new things and do new things, and hopefully uh, the show continues to grow. Um, I don't take for a second, I don't take for granted for a second any of our our listeners um, or I mean just the ways that people come out and support us, and I think being able to to see some of that validation. Um, not just to hear it from Jerry's perspective and like be reminded of the things that had happened in the past, but on the day, um, that was that was really meaningful to me. Um, and I I kind of I wrestled with like this thing of like I feel like a hundred. This is like a fake celebration. Like it's nice because it's a round number, but I'm very much in the nothing is real. Everything is fake. So like that kind of headspace. So I'm just like, yeah, this is a this is a fake thing. But then. I think it it does still hold weight, and I was glad for other people pulling me into reality when I am in not reality or surreality. When I talk good, it's fine. Sure. <laughs> I get it. But I do think something that you said about, especially Jerry coming on and being open and vulnerable about the ways that he had kind of maybe failed the community in the past to be more inclusive or accepting of adoptees, and or at least seeing them validating their existence in the past i thought was really really powerful and i had a couple people who have reached out to talk about that specific point and for me personally as i move forward in this journey especially with what we do on the show and what i do personally outside of that that's kind of an extension of that um is to have more of those conversations with people outside of our community because those are the people who are going to help us make the changes that we want to see uh, not only to narrative, but structurally, institutionally. So to have Jerry come on and very candidly be open about those types of things, I thought was really powerful and really important for our audience to hear. And I think it was important for us to hear as well. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, the it's it's the thing of, you know, like, as I gain a fuller understanding of Korean culture, especially, I think, of the time period that Jerry was talking about, like, was closer to the first wave than the second wave of Korean culture coming mm. across across yeah. the ocean and all that kind of stuff. And so, but I think that also means it's closer to Korea being a liberated nation. And so there is like 
probably an an ingrown sense of pride and like needing to protect what is ours because Korea as a nation had been in that sense of trying to protect what was ours in an underground way and then mm. finally loud and proud way not that long ago you know what i mean like so in the 80s that was only 30 years removed and uh maybe not even that much i don't know i mean like you know what i mean so like i think that there is like but as adoptees we don't have any of that experience or that knowledge or that history with our own culture uh so all we feel is rejection and we don't know why so we just chalk it up to all right whatever you know and then either we bounce back or bounce away right mm -hmm. um but hearing that other side of it and then i mean hearing jerry's personal reflection but i think broadly so sociologically as a society as you know korean americans knowing that too and then like to come from that place but then also be in america and then only a couple generations deep at most then you like definitely feel that because you're still trying to find your place in america you, you know what i mean like it just becomes right. like like that context helps me be more gracious to non-adoptees who don't understand why rejection is so like hard almost fatal sometimes you know to our ability to socialize or our ability to you know feel like we're involved so and i'm excited i think to to try to bridge that gap as we move forward as a show, because um, I think like for adoptees, it's easy to fall into the trap of like, Oh, we hang out with other adoptees and you just like kind of whine about like all these things that we've experienced, these like tough life situations, not to make light of tough life situations, but you know, like that we commiserate together, mm -hmm. but actually if we can bridge that gap then and hear the other side of the story more often and have those conversations, then maybe we can all grow to be more gracious together not just be like you know how non-adoptees are as if that's like a dismissal of that and we just shut that off completely you know and the fact right. that the non-adoptees are listening to <clears throat> our stories as well right exactly like we i mean we do have that opportunity to amplify yeah. our side but like do we also like can we encourage our side <laughs> the adoptees perspective to keep our hearts open and to keep our hearts vulnerable and to be open to making these connections yeah. you know to have the courage to try and try and try again even though it's like extra hard for us to do that yeah like it's like patrick said i think it's it is important that both sides hear it that the fact that we're you know telling our stories and that adoptees hear it to feel uh you know uh, welcome and to feel normalized and to feel you know uh involved where the other side also gets to hear it to see what we're going through and i think it's it, i mean we know that there's a lot of people that listen to this show that are not adoptees or then you know their allies their um you know their family members their friends they're just people that we don't even know are listening mm -hmm. to our show and i think that's that's very important i really you don't know every single one of our listeners personally <laughs> <laughs> Almost Nathan every just single goes, person. Shouts out to this I've person. Shouts out to this person. IP addresses. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, no, it's been. I think it's really great, though. I, I really appreciate it. Anytime anyone, like I said, sends us an email, whether you're an adoptee or a non-adoptee. So, um, yes, thank you uh, for that. Or a half adoptee. I don't know if that exists, but I don't think that exists. That's fine. That's probably like foster <laughs> youth or former foster youth. Adoptee adjacent, mm, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, like yeah. married to an adoptee, or that's true. Does not make yeah, you half adoptee. Parent or an adoptee. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> I don't think adoptee it works adjacent. That way. I don't know. I just uh, I'm trying to. So, well, one of the things that I'm working on personally, and one of the ways that I'm excited for the show to move forward is to remove duality and replace it with plurality mm. um and so like this is not a case where <laughs> the, like the, there kind of is like you're an adopted you're adoptee or non-adoptee not like they're just it is or it isn't so that is kind of a, a necessary duality but in the places where we can have plurality to even have my language reflect a plural sense not just sure. creating either ors and us's and thems but actually how can we invite all people and be aware that there is a third fourth fifth nth degree that i may not be aware of but still want to have have our show be a place for plurality not just duality or just one or the other you know i mean it's just recognizing that there are so many uh, honestly infinite amounts of experiences that can be had within the community within not just our community but any community and so i agree i think that's something i'm excited about doing on the show and practicing on the show is being intentional with that language and being intentional, hopefully, as we move forward with our guest selection, well, not our guest selection, but the people that we have 
on the show to represent all the different intersectional identities and places and experiences that we come from um, to broaden that narrative. Because at the end of the day, people who aren't adopted talk about and think about and operate in a way that's been institutionalized and ingrained within our society at large. Because a lot of adoptees will think about the adoption in the same way, in a very dual or binary way, um, in terms of it being good or bad. And so I just had this conversation today as of this recording uh, with another adoptee about how it's hard for us once you start to come out of the fog or start to come to terms to have anything of like entertainment value. At least I found this to be an experience that doesn't just immediately trigger you. And it's like at any moment you can be triggered by a certain thing that a scene that happens in a movie, a line that a throwaway line in a book, you know, just in an article in anything, a quote, whatever. Like, I feel like, once your mind starts turning on a lot of these things, it, there's almost nothing that we can have. And it's because we're taught to think about adoption in such a single way, a singular way, or one or the other way, you know. And so by having all of these different experiences and all of these different perspectives on the show, which I hope that we're doing and, and we can continue to do and do better, um, we can push back on that because that's the only way we can do it. What? do you mean because i'm not sure i understand like when you say a piece of pop culture that triggers something in you like what is that example piece of pop culture and what is that thing that gets triggered in you as as an adoptee who starts to wrestle with the fullness of what adoption is so it can be i mean honestly at the end of the day it can it can be anything that reflects your experience in a way that you're really not expecting um so for me so really common. I'll actually use a really common one. Um, so like uh, Lilo and Stitch. No, yeah. I was going to say in the <laughs> Avengers where Thor is talking about Loki and they're like, he just murdered 80 people or whatever. And he's like, well, he's adopted. So something like that, just a very simple joke, which is on the, on its face. What nobody would ever be like, oh, that has no bearing on my life. And it's funny. I'm going to laugh at this because ha ha ha. That means he's bad. That explains his bad behavior or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if that's how people are thinking about it generally. But I think once you start to think about yourself as an adoptee or think about that in a different or more critical way, something like that can be very triggering. I think there's a lot more complex ways that that comes across, like maybe in something that's meant to be purely comedic coming across that way, but also something that's come across dramatically. Like, I'm the only example I have in my mind is one that's not my own. So I don't want to share it on the show because it was relayed to me. Um, and I don't want to misrepresent that experience, but it's made, that's what's made me think about that a lot lately about how those things can trigger you, uh, as an adoptee that you would really not expect and how it makes it seem like our ability to have, or be able to consume media in, in different forms gets hindered or can be hindered in a way because of that mindset and that new perspective. So by sharing all of the different types of perspectives that we can with people who are outside of our community, hopefully we can push back on that where we see less of those things or seeing those things done mindfully and intentionally. So I don't so, know if that answers your question or makes it any more clear, but that definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. And you're not just talking about pop culture though. You're talking no, about like, any yeah, literally physical, could be in anything. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, visual yeah, yeah. or like when experience. you go to Burger Kings and you order the chicken fingers and you're like, what they're adopted. And I'm a <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Like, well, even, it could even just be, hearing sorry, the, chicken fries. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, you could they're have not anything. real fries, but they're still cold fries. <laughs> <laughs> so right. an example of that for me is, you know, I, uh, driving across the country. Um, usually it was never a big deal because I'm just driving, right? But this time when I did it uh, um, on the way to Wisconsin recently, I saw all those billboard signs about, um, you know, adopting instead of abortion. And it, it was, there was so many of them. And I, I just, I know that they've been there a while and I know abortion, uh, you know, is a, a huge, you know, hot topic of discuss, discussion and debate. Um, but the fact that I'm seeing these these billboards now and the narrative behind that, it just, that was kind of triggering for me because, I don't know, it's just I know back in the day I would have ignored it, but now I'm like, ah, oh, man, you know, th yeah, there's so I get, much. 
I get it, and that's interesting too because, like, in in both examples that that the two of you have provided, adoption has been held up as like an incredibly positive thing and also an incredibly negative thing, right? Uh, where like adoption is like it's the best choice, the right alternative to uh, whatever, um, right? Yeah, to to abortion, um, as if it, it's like somehow whatever anyways so there's like there's like it is held up as like an echelon of goodness and purity and wholeness and life and love and happiness whatever and then also the bud of the joke or is like or even not even if it's it doesn't even have to be a joke but just adoption being like oh well he's adopted or like right. i you know like you look different and so I, like we always said that this sibling was adopted, even though they're right. The justification <clears throat> for whatever. even again in Lilo and Stitch, Lilo is an alien. Wait, Stitch? Stitch is an alien. Lilo is not an alien. <laughs> I know that movie. It's fine. It's literally been like easily a decade, but whatever. Like so, even like aliens, you're like, oh yeah, you're different. But I'm gonna like it. Just yeah. Oh man, the way it's just like I'm gonna reach past your differences and welcome. You know what I mean? Like right. so, it's like at at most, it's like the most it's not this but whatever it's it's like the holiest most good most pure thing most unconditional thing that you could do and also if you are an adoptee though you are like the odd duck out you are the alien you are the screw up you are the one who apparently kills 80 million people if you're also you know like a god of whatever that realm is yeah (laughs) Oh, Asgard. Um, God of Asgard. Yeah. So whatever. Like, you know, it like it comes with like it's just such a thing where, yeah, for an adoptee, you're like, oh, I can never win. And that again, just so mine is like reeling right now. Uh, just because of like I've been listening to this series on a podcast called Straight White American Jesus called It's in the Code, and it just like decodes Christian language or whatever. Mm. And like part of it is like just the idea of like if a whole lot of things, but like it just, I can't get away from this parallel of adoption. If you're an adoptee, you're just like the worst kind of person. And it is like, if it weren't for just like the blessing and the unconditional love and the whatever of your adoptee adopter, then like you would just, you would be killing 80 million people as a God of mischief. And you would be, you know, like the worst kind of be running on the streets. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that is. Yeah, and so there is no winning. And I'm like, oh, this is literally exactly how Christians talk about sinners and Jesus. So that's a fun thing for my brain to to mess with later. I, Not I mean, on the yeah. show, because it's going to be me doing it. Uh, it uh, huh, huh. So, yeah. I guess the best uh, example for me would have been just any old Disney movie. You can read literally <laughs> the adoption themes into all of them and mm-hmm. see how harmful and just kind of, or how how we will we would actually think about this now because it's like in all of these mediums that's what's that's what's happening that's what you're reading that's what you're seeing and honestly i think this conversation is in the epitome of the growth that we have made over a hundred episodes because we did it we're done everyone thank you goodbye forever Our first three episodes, we were not having any kind of conversations like this. We actually weren't even free talking. I feel like it was very, very structured. Oh, it was very structured. <laughs> like, very, yeah, scripted almost. We were like, almost okay, we're going to do this. It was supposed to be introductory, though. I mean, we were supposed to find out about each other and not we about... We are definitely finding the, our podcasting the, legs. The deepness of adoption. But yeah. I like the way that KJ described it, that we were... Essentially, just listened to each other's Dear Asian Americans episodes and then just repeated <laughs> the same thing, but a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't even that. We were just like, you all listened to the, the Dear Asian Americans episode. Anyways, so <laughs> if you didn't, here's what Nathan's story is. Nathan, I have questions for you. Like, we didn't like, right. we didn't even let each other tell our own stories. <laughs> so I guess before we talk about those episodes and dig into that a little bit i guess i would my one question is do you have any memories or recollections about what you were feeling as we were recording these first few episodes and do you remember (laughs) recording our episode zero tag and then all separately (laughs) the trailer and then putting it together (laughs) because we were we scripted it out and then we read off i'm just remembering this now and we yeah. re- we just recorded it all separately, and then KJ put it all together. That was hilarious. I remember my my first uh, God, what was it? My first uh, impression of the trailer when it came out was like, "Oh my God, this sounds cheesy," but yet <laughs> professional. 
<laughs> like it felt cheesy, it's yeah, cheesy in a professional way, in a professional <laughs> commercial kind of way. Like it felt like, yeah, this this sounds like it, it would sounds be produced. an ad. It right. sounds produced, but it sounds like good, even though somewhat cheesy because we're like kind of advertising ourselves. It was Slimy, just like yet satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. But uh, I was impressed. And I remember just even hearing the, the, the theme song when you first came out with that, KJ. I was like, whoa, where did you buy this? And you're like, no, I wrote it. Nah, bro. <laughs> I, I made, made it. <laughs> I was so impressed. I do it's remember funny. getting that theme song. Those theme song. Honestly, you went through a couple versions. Did I? I think, I think you sent uh, us maybe like two or three. I think he only lowered some of the sounds and it It was very similar. Okay, well, he just made it and it was a one take. I think it was a one take. One hit wonder. A one take. One take (laughs) wonder. One take wonder. Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. I don't know. Yeah, I just remember remember being super nervous because I was like, what if they're bad talkers? Uh, And then I'm pretty sure... Well, no, that's why I was like, especially for the trailer, I was like, what if we don't have good like chemistry? What if they're bad talkers? What if, you know, like all those kinds of things, whatever. Because I think like if you're you're willing to go on a podcast, chances are you like back yourself to be a good talker. Sure. But then you're like, and then you're like, and then I'll find someone like I think in, in early days of even when I was conceiving of a podcast, I was like, yeah, I could probably like do a podcast about this. And then I'll find someone who I vibe with to be my color commentator or, you know, whatever that is. Not like. Now I have th- two additional co-hosts, and we have to f- figure out this dynamic. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was just very nervous for like the feel of the podcast, just because I was such a fan of podcasts at the time and was listening to so many of them and whatever. Um, well, yeah, thank you for and not so I was just like I was like, oh man, yeah, thanks and then for I was like, through it. What <laughs> yeah. if it's good? They're like, you know, is it going to be good enough? And I I distinctly remember saying early, and this still holds true. If you if y'all did not have professional microphones, I probably would have just been like, no. I'm not uh-huh. doing this. That would have been tough. Good the, I don't care how good the content is. I'm not doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I think you were pretty adamant about that up front was high production value that we needed yeah, to yeah. do that. I, and I, I think that, that having a day. microphone was kind of a requirement. Yeah. I think we kind of pushed that before we started recording. Was to get and a I recall that because it was the beginning of the pandem- pandemic, yeah. certain mics were hard to get. Oh, mics were hard to get. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I had to buy mine. Like I think I got it on eBay or something like that. So That's really um, funny. Yeah. The timing, incredible. And now I'm running with the cheapest microphone of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I think that I, I think I, I shared your nerves definitely about like the quality of the show and how we yeah. vibed. Because as a fan of pod, like Nathan talked about on a hundred, how he hadn't really listened to podcasts prior to starting ours. And I was a I listened to a lot of podcasts. I felt like before. Actually, and so, Nathan, when you said that, you were like, I don't even know. Do people listen to podcasts? I was like, Do people listen to podcasts? Are you kidding me? Um, but I just remember thinking similarly. Like, I just want this to sound like I would pick this off of uh, the search list. You know? Yeah. I just want it to sound like an actual show. And I've always not been a fan of my own voice, even when I was doing my own music stuff way back in the day. Like I was not a fan of that, um, of just like hearing myself back. And I think that was one of the things I struggled with the most uh, and getting over with the most because I didn't necessarily think I was a good talker. I was terrified to go on Dear Asian Americans and have that conversation with Jerry. Um and again, like I talked about in 100, like it was the safety I felt with him, I think, that allowed me to go and do that. So to think that we were going to sit here every week and talk and then I have to hear myself back again because obviously I was going to listen to those first episodes uh, was pretty terrifying. But <laughs> I will say listening back to them now, I'm surprised I stuck with it because it seems <laughs> those these first three seem so formulaic in a way oh, that are. I'm like this kind of doesn't sound that good but a lot of people have said our first three episodes are some of their favorite episodes the episodes <laughs> that we're talking about us we, so for the listener we I think Nathan gave us the assignment or maybe it was KJ of listening to our first three episodes and talking about them after we hit 100 and so I think we're gonna go ahead and break that down a little bit now mm-hmm. uh, I will say admit I only listened to KJ's episode because <laughs> okay, I thought I we were only doing to one. your episode well but, I broke um, my I do no work on the show rule and listen to all three of them and started getting into my own dear Asian Americans. 
Okay, so. well now I have to. I so I have to throw it to but you. But I have having no listen, notes. So having listened to the three, all three, what are your thoughts about those first three episodes and what we were doing at that time? Um, what 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 what? I don't know. What is your reaction so, to all okay, that? Okay, so here's here's the the inside baseball of the podcasting, like how we started this, because I think uh, especially. Oh my gosh, I was looking at your name and it says Jerry Wan, but your name is not Jerry Wan, it's Patrick. Uh, because Patrick and I were fans of podcasts, like we had some sense of like what shows were. And I think what I was balancing as we were like crafting what the show would be was I was like, okay, so here are these like, I'm a fan of these really long running podcasts where people just vibe and flow or whatever. And I also like, I've listened to some interview ones or whatever, but like, so I was trying to balance, like, how do we get to episode 300 level starting out, you know, <laughs> right. that kind of thing. And we needed some structure. And so it was funny. I don't know why we decided to do this because it's very confusing <laughs> listening to it now. But I went back and our intro is like, like we're beta testing the form of the show because we knew we were going to have guests on eventually, but we didn't know, like, are we good at interviewing and asking <laughs> questions or any of that? And But like, so the structure of the show was... Uh, I think I decided to just do a cold open because, and I don't even remember if there is a cold open on the first ones, uh, the cold open intro music. And then we do an introduction to preview what's going to happen. And then we throw to an interview, which is still ourselves. (laughs) And like, when you listen, when you listen to all three of them, I'm like, did we record the intros separately? But the interviews were all, I was like, how did we do this? Cause they're definitely like different but it's real weird <laughs> so we it, we have the intro and then we throw to the interview and then we do the food thing but i was just like this is like conceptually it's a great idea but like in how we actually did it for the first three episodes was like the most ridiculous unnecessary thing but because we were absolute babies i think we needed that amount of like structure and safety to kind of figure everything out so that was wild that is funny that that is what we did because when we were talking in the episode, yeah, it was like, oh, we're talking about the episode like we already did the interview. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and that's exactly how we've always done it that way. But that was also how Dear Asian Americans did it too. Um, Jerry mm-hmm. would do an intro after he would record the interview. And I so I think we were taking that structure from him. Um, just well, it's really case, common you know, for like a lot of interview shows. Yeah. And our intros were always really short. I mean, I don't think it was Very until later that short. Our, yeah, our intros never <laughs> got longer until I want to say about the 20s 30. or 30s. Yeah. Yeah. And then we started actually getting into a little more uh, discussion. But um, and I remember just the other thing was I thought the intro should, in, in my opinion at the time, is like, yeah, we should make this intro an intro for the guests in a way like for in case they didn't say anything about who they were, we should talk about what they've done have accomplished or things that they might not have said in the interview. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that is definitely different. I mean, but it's yeah. worked. how short it was. And then it, the intro felt scripted too. Like I was like, <laughs> did we write this down and then say it and, <laughs> and then record it? I was just like, that made me, I, I was dying laughing when I, when I listened to that, I'm like, this is hilarious. And I don't know how I was like, I listened to this and was like, this is great, but I think you're right. I think we needed those bumpers up to allow us to find our footing because even in those interviews, I feel like you can, you can see that we're trying to like navigate into those lanes and we don't oh my know God. when you we don't know where the lanes are yet. <laughs> in one of the episodes, you just were like, Oh yeah, I'm excited to like, not just be the interjector because uh, oh, yeah. we were like, <laughs> even, even we were trying to figure out like, okay, so who leads the interview? Who like, who just interjects and like, what's the timing like? Cause zoom and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. So, but we were just like, this person is the interjector. This person is the lead, this person, you know, whatever. And I was like, Oh man, this is wild. So. That yeah. is why we did it that way, though, wasn't it? So we each got a chance to lead and see how yeah. that was. Mm-hmm. And then we also, so we could start a rotation because we knew we were going to have guests after those yeah. first episodes. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. And then the interjector. <laughs> the interjector. <laughs> I think I'm still the interjector, to be honest. You were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, KJ, yeah. you said you took some notes. So No, I did not. I said I oh, did not take, take any notes. notes. He just said he no notes. I just notes. listened to everything. I can give you broad strokes ideas, but yeah, I did not. I took notes, to but then I deleted them after our uh, <laughs> recording of the 100th episode because I, I didn't think we were actually going to go back. But Why would you I delete them? Well, I asked you a couple questions from the that already uh, during the 100th episode that when we were recording it. It, it was... Uh, 
and I can remember a couple other things that I said, but mainly the, my question, I guess, uh, which I can go to both of you is, um, um, what has expanded, um, in your minds or in your lives, I guess, since those first episodes. And it's very, very like on, on, in relation to adoption. So what has expanded, what has expanded in my mind? What, what have you explored? <laughs> what has more wrinkled of, my brain? I guess as far as adoption, I think it was because we had the time we we're talking, you were very new into the adoption world, sure. Patrick. And so I was just going to try to summarize what you have jumped into since then. And I mean, I kind of know oh, some of the answers. You should summarize. Try me? to summarize the yeah, yeah. your everything that I adoption done? journey yeah, in the last two years. <laughs> I don't know. Like, summarize the, the path, emphasis the on summary. Summarize, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I started this, it I, it was literally a zero. I had nothing. I had, I I started from scratch, and um, in two th- almost two and a half three years um i've went from so the easiest way to summarize it is i went from realizing i was rejecting my identity not only as an asian and korean american but as an adoptee to reclaiming that um those identities and that that part of myself and then fully accepting myself as those things um just recently so that's kind of been the trajectory of my path, literally going from still probably subconsciously thinking of myself as a white person and not thinking of myself as Asian to being like, nah, I'm Asian as hell, <laughs> even though you might not think it. <laughs> and uh, I love it. And like, this is my lot. This is who I am. And like, and finally seeing myself as that. So, I mean, that's the quickest way to summarize. It seems kind of anticlimactic after you guys just hyped it up so much to try and summarize it. But that well, means, I, gonna, I mean, that's just me saying that I talk better now than I <laughs> used to it to be in those first few episodes. Because well, I used to be the resources, too. What resources did you use to accomplish that? Oh, gosh. Uh, the John Chi Show. Number the John Chi Show. That's the number one resource. The number yes. one resource was just coming on this show every week. I, um, I, I legitimately think that's probably... It's for, true for me. Honestly, like, yeah. because well, it like, keeps it kept me in it too. Yeah, yeah. and like, you have to keep right. talking about it. <laughs> you exactly. can't even just like passively listen. And yeah. I think that's something that I've learned on this journey is like the consistent. Like I think it's I think in anything that you do, like consistency is going to be key for something to stick. And honestly, being part of the show and not doing a solo show where you have a lot of easy ways to go out of it and never come back. To have like to know that I can just walk away. And then, like, never talk to you two again and do it like that. Knowing that I had these tethers and, like, people I didn't want to let down. Um, specific, not even necessarily our community, our audience, but you two and Jerry um, made it so that I had to stay in it. And I think if had I not had that, who knows? Because I think I talked about it on a lot of the early episodes. It's like I've always been kind of a waffler, especially when things got super tough or got too to became too much. Um, it would be a little bit easy for me to talk myself into leaving. It's like I can mm-hmm. go to another job or I can whatever else. I was going to make a school thing, but it's like you ain't going back there. <laughs> so <laughs> you're not going to do that again. Don't See, you put it in your mind. You have had three jobs while you've been on the show, right? <laughs> yes, Four. actually, I Four. have. Three? That's okay. a great that point. Um, <laughs> anyways. Thank um, you for sticking with us. No, yeah, this is on my LinkedIn profile. This is my longest running job. Nice. Of course, of those three. So that's hilarious. Um, so resources, I mean, a lot of books. I just posted a book or a book or a TikTok because I've that's another part of the journey. Went from no TikToks to some TikToks. <laughs> to, um, also, TikTok uh, about, went from non-existent to existent. <laughs> that's yeah, very true as well. Um, so books, those ones that I referenced, like Adopted Territory, Invisible Asians to Save the Children of Korea. Those three specifically uh, from the jump were really, really important uh, the works um, that J-Ron has done, uh, the works that Dr. Amanda Baden has done, just conversating with Sarah Park Dahl and having the privilege to get to know her and pick her brain and have her share resources with me been really important. Clubhouse um, oh, and man. finding community there. doing that there. for a while. Yeah, yeah, finding community there and really... 
that was like the first time that I really started to get outside of the Korean adoptee community to a broader yeah. Asian adoptee community. And then through that and through like utilizing Instagram and sharing my story there, going out even further into what it means to be like an adoptee in an overarching sense, just outside of my ethnic and, and racial identities. And so a lot of that. And then I will honestly say a lot of support from Jerry to continue to explore and push myself in like an entrepreneurial sense and maybe not necessarily like starting a business or, or what, what have you, but more so betting on myself and believing in myself that I would be able to do these things. And honestly, without that, I wouldn't have gotten to the point where I started to actually see myself for who I was and then had that kind of epiphany moment in New York where I kind of felt all of that, um, that weight of kind of disappointment and rejection kind of wash off me a little bit. And I was able to start accepting myself. So I don't know if that answered your resource question too much, yeah. but it's kind of a, a whole confluence of things. No, that I mean, yes, that, that's essentially <laughs> what I expected you to say in a way was the readings. I had forgotten about the clubhouse, actually. Um, I don't think I've been on clubhouse since the last time I was on there with you. So I opened clubhouse a while ago and it was just like marketing jabronis. And I was like, I don't want to be here. It's fine. <laughs> it's probably who all's using it. It's like we just yeah, gotta yeah. sell these. Like, products. How to five X your business? But like that, that I don't need this in my life. <laughs> You're only speaking to employees that work for the same company as you. Yeah. Why are AJ, we just about you? Have you? Uh, what would you say your journey has been from the beginning? Um, I actually do, even though we were just making fun of it. I do want to shout out my time on Clubhouse because uh, I think if it weren't for that, I wouldn't have really dug into the adoptee space at all uh outside of the show um but that was just like <laughs> it gave it a time when i was taking in so much audio content that i just like ran out of things and so i was like oh this is great i can kind of be present and still do my work or whatever and um yeah so i got i just got connected with some really fantastic people there who were adoptees who are adoptees and didn't stop being adoptees um but I think for me, it's been it's been a similarly full circle thing as uh, I just did it again as Patrick. Look at your face, not your name. Um, where eyes I, here, my eyes yeah. are right here. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are up here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I um, yeah, I don't know. Like now, I'm just like I'm hella Asian, and I love being that. And but it's it's gotten to the point now where I'm like. I realize that I feel incredibly Asian and live in incredibly white spaces, even though like the Dallas is diverse and like I live in the burbs and even though the burbs are kind of diverse, I live in a particularly white burb and you know, so it's like, it's just, or like I live in a burb where there aren't many Koreans and like the burb mm. over, that's where I got to go, you know? Um, so like, that's a, I'm, I think I'm wrestling with, so now what? And I'm wrestling with uh, how do I get into the places that I actually want to be? And that call that calls me into wrestling with systemic race, racism in a like boots on the ground, rubber meets the road kind of way. You know, like if I wanted to live in a in a place where I could be surrounded by people who think like me, who look like me, et cetera, that would require some like essentially some life sacrifice on my part, you know, uh, in, in my current life situation for my children, for, you know, whatever, uh, or it required me to be like uber wealthy. And I have only lit worked in nonprofits and that's, there's not a lot of employee. There's not a lot of money for employees at my level in nonprofits. So, uh, so yeah, so I don't know. I think generally like that's the thing that I, I'm wrestling with. I actually, I just, um, started a book called, I think it's called racism without the racists. Uh, it was originally published in 2003, but it just, yeah, racism without racists. Um, and it's like the understanding of systemic racism, like kind of outside of like, just like color discrimination, but how mm -hmm. like the systems are, it's a, it's a good, good book. It's been around for a long time, but they just released a, a new edition and I just heard about it. Um, so yeah, so like broadly, that's where I'm at. The, I think the major things that influenced to where I'm at were going through the Korean culture dictionary, going through rise, um, reading uh books like pachinko and yoke and um like just like asian american oh interior chinatown uh those are three big like books like specifically novels that really influenced me um yeah 
That's yeah. I do want to add on to mine. Now that you said Rise, I think going through that accelerator program with Rise Justice Labs was really formative for kind of the like kickstarting me on my journey of more social socially justice. For the listener at home, two different rises. (laughs) Yes, two different rises. Yes. Um, so that like the book, the wake up by Michelle Kim, like those two things coincided right around the same time and really were formative for, uh, like where my focus is now and kind of the stuff that I talk about also crying in H Mart was huge for me. I think, um, that book really one of my favorite books in the last couple of years, at least. And, uh, really left a mark on like my journey and understanding and acceptance of myself as Asian American for sure. So tons of stuff. Honestly, just listening to y'all talk about it, it makes me think of a ten, t- many more things. <laughs> a far a myriad, yes, a myriad right. more of things. Nathan, summarize your journey I, for us. I mean, mine hasn't been as extensive, I think, as, as yours, like, Patrick. I just uh, got some Brahms recently. Yeah, I, mean, I, I went, I went out, ate some hamburgers. No, I mean, I, granted. I think a lot of it is from the beginning, I was always into food. So I explored food more. I definitely bought more uh, Korean cookbooks. I watched some cooking, you know, Korean cooking shows, uh, you know, got out some recipes. I've been going to H Mart a million times more than I ever did before. Um, so definitely through food, I, I would say it was one of my resources. I, you know, we all know I don't read as many books, but I have looked through, of course, the dictionary, the um, I have listened to more podcasts. <laughs> the Korean culture the, dictionary. The Korean culture dictionary. Not no, just like Webster's. the regular. I just went through Webster's. <laughs> and I just went through all the encyclopedias. Words and <laughs> found out if there was any correlation to Korea. Um, but, oh, okay. Incredible. Okay. okay. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and of course, you know, Instagram for me, I, I wasn't as big on Clubhouse. I only went on when you, you were on. Um, but. Uh, Instagram got me a little more involved for sure. I, I connected with more um, adoptees, more organizations, um, followed more people, and then of course did more uh, uh, writing about it last year for for Nam, and then also um, Con. You know, looking into more of the uh, the conventions and the communities out there for for adoptees. I mean, I already knew Facebook had you know, a multiple groups, but was never really feeling that. And I still haven't really felt those as as popular um, mediums, but Instagram definitely was good. And then of course the show. So, uh, oh, and talking just people in general. So community in person, uh, meeting people, local Korean adoptees um, and just talking with people uh, in conversations, sometimes non-adoptees, you know, explaining to them what the show is about and why I do it, you know, helped me develop and, and advance as, as well and, and gave me just, you know, purpose and why I'm doing the show and why we're all, you know, um, you know, learning from each other. So I feel like if I had to summarize your journey really like super briefly, it was I used to promote at Noak Photo because I didn't want just anyone <laughs> talking to me. So now I'm at N Noak on Instagram. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I was like, that nope, is very true. Gonna be very professional. And, it's like, yeah. uh, arms distance, and now. But I mean, you have made a lot of growth in open. that time. Like you were, you had shared the more about your own story of adoption more publicly than either of us, I think, prior to mm-hmm. this. Yeah. But then you. But I mean, that's not wasn't I don't think necessarily your forte. You're a photographer, first and foremost. I think you tell your stories through photos. And I think what I really enjoyed seeing was when you did step out of your comfort zone and write so much and share your story your own way. That wasn't through the show and like through the lens of us two being with you, like you kind of got to be able to dictate and share your own story. And then to see you go from there and like you said, really get involved in the community. Like you meet up with a lot more people, I think, than either KJ or I do in person. Yeah, just and hang out with like Jennifer. getting involved. Which no shade to Jennifer, and, but yeah. And I mean, you're there's taking not a whole community. The, what? I said there's not a whole community. It's just me and Jennifer looking at that other, <laughs> sure. looking at that other community over being being over there and be like, should we go hang out with them? No, okay, we're just, just the two well, of us. I mean, then? Patrick, you started the Indiana, you know, group. That's true. So. I've been not as great at showing up to the meetings as uh, I have been before, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's been, I've liked to watch your growth and your journey and seeing, cause you do it a little bit more subtly and quietly than especially myself. And <laughs> I think, 
I think probably the yeah. same as KJ. I don't think you guys That's put it. it on blast as much as me, but <laughs> I have you're doing, more you've done a lot of cool things as well. So, and so. you're doing. I think you're involved in a lot of stuff that has forward momentum that can continue to keep you in and keep you involved. So, mm-hmm. excited for you. Yeah. We're all taking our different journeys. That's the, that's the great part about the show and how we've all done different things with it. And so I, I really, uh, different things, but still parallel, right? So, yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the way, I mean, that's the way it's always been. And I think that's what is so encouraging about our show is like, we still get to be the fullness of who we are. We get to discover what that means and we're still connected to each other. It's still committed to each other in a way that I think like does bring in plurality to our show and not just like we're adoptees talking about like adoptee justice and advocacy, or we're adoptees talking about like learning about Korean stuff or we're adoptees talking, you know, whatever. It's like we do kind of all of it because we are who we are and we bring other people in who are not us and we just want to celebrate all of it. So I think that that's, that's really wonderful. Um, we are who we are. Hashtag Kesha. Isn't that her song? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't. That's all I can think of when you said that, but uh, well said. On that my good note. friend. Yeah, we should, we should, we should cut some food. I have like so many more questions, but yeah, we should, we should go to a snack. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, if you got more questions. Well, don't we have to like keep it tight? I mean, I do got to leave. I can give you an extra 10. So, I mean, what questions do you have? No, I'm it's fine. I'm, I'm, it's, into, I'm in it now, so I'm like, okay, I'll push off all right, my other stuff. All right. <laughs> my, yeah, that I, was all really just my question right there. Actually, yeah, I was going to say, my really, my only question is, um, how do, like, when each of you are explaining the show to a non-adoptee, how do you explain it? That's a great question. So I think what I say is uh, the John Chi show or my podcast is myself and two other Korean adoptees uh, host a show about the Korean adoptee experience. We just talk about everything that goes on with that. That's usually, I think, my 10 second pitch. Yeah, it's your elevator pitch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the only thing I add to that is is also just our, our um, culture as well. Um, maybe potentially stuff that we don't know about. Um, so Korean culture, heritage, adoption experiences and listening to other people you know when we interview them so yeah right on i for i used to complete the the triangle um i usually say it's a show hosted by korean adoptees um who just explore the intersectionalities of like our different identities and all those kinds of things and then also we try a food or drink item at the end um but it's a it's an interesting question because I don't think we've talked about that really explicitly since the beginning of the show. And it's amazing how incredibly similar it still is, even as the show has grown and evolved and changed. And like we are, we have grown and evolved and changed. And I think it just like speaks volumes to the heart of it and like how like at its core, we really just want to be people exploring who we are and celebrating who we are and then eating eating a food or drinking a drink at the end. Um, but I was just like, this is a fun brand question. I just wonder if we're still so aligned. Because I've not, like, obviously, still? we don't have to pitch the show to each other, but I've never right. heard how you pitch it to other people. I'm like, oh, maybe I should say this thing. Maybe I should say I that guess thing. I, but like, we basically all say the same thing. <laughs> I'm glad that you asked. Because at first I was like, we all said, I said mine, and then Nathan, and then you went, and I'm like, okay, those were all pretty different. They were, I think, the, like you said, the core is the same, but they're all different. I'm like, should we all have the same line to say? But then I was like, no, yeah. I like that we all say it differently. And then you were like, then you explained it very eloquently that they are pretty much the exact same thing. So I think it works. <laughs> I think it works for us. I used a thesaurus. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of thesauruses, let's do one of our favorite segments, the food portion. Wait, do we have more questions? Nope. <laughs> no, but I have Throw. no clue what they had to do with a thesaurus. <laughs> Throw it. It's a hard left Wait. turn. <laughs> Foodie, 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 food time. Foodie, 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 foodie everywhere. Yeah, I was going to say, you messed out on that one. <laughs> I found you. All this foodie. Food. <laughs> I had to edit that. Oh. It's that corn. In real time. It's corn. <laughs> it's not corn. It's pumpkin. But yes, today we are going to eat some pumpkin chips. I don't know why I had an accent. These look that. really good on the bag. Yeah, they do look really good. And it is it is pumpkin pumpkin season, right? It is the fall we're it in is, September. It, it is, is time pumpkin spices out at putting pumpkin your local Starbucks. Yes, I've had a lot of it. So I think this makes sense to have these. But in addition to that, 
I think pumpkin is bigger because the only thing that pumpkin is kind of big in the United States for is pumpkin pie and pumpkin spice like drinks and things like that. Nobody really eats pumpkin. Like I don't eat pumpkin. Right. I had pumpkin when I was traveling in Europe and in Australia and stuff. No, that's not a flex. Um, I actually had pumpkin in <laughs> like flex. my food, like actually chopped up pumpkin pieces, like because it's a squash, right? Um, yeah, right. Never- you went to the hotel where the buffet was, and you had the fancy meats. Just like, admit if you it. had a bone marrow, whatever <laughs> buffet thing, and in it the was Vegas a buffet hotel. of marrow. <laughs> yes, no, oh. it was a buffet of pumpkin. No, but I've had pumpkin in other countries more than I've had pumpkin here in the United States. So. I don't know. Okay, okay. Have you guys, I mean, have, do you like pumpkin? Like actual pumpkin, not just pumpkin flavoring? I, like, I honestly uh, can't think of a time where I've eaten just pumpkin that wasn't in a pie. Or that's it, I think. I was literally go. about to say I like this one sweet potato dish because it's also orange <laughs> that we make it at uh, Thanksgiving. So I'm going to say yes, I have eaten pumpkin outside of a pie. <laughs> and I do like it. I don't know. Perfect. That timing was excellent. You nailed it. Nailed it. I'll be here all week. Wait for the cough. Oh, So I don't know who this is even by. Can you read uh, what company makes this? uh, Yeah, so the brand on the back here says Juicy Juicy World. Juicy Um, World? Oh. Yeah, but the corner, up in the corner, it says Tikak Tikak. So I don't know what is what. I'm assuming Juicy World is like... Because that feels more like a brand name. I don't know what Tikak Tikak is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, R.I.P. I, Juicy I mean, there's World. really not much other than natural, crispy, no additive. So the Korean chips. here says Habak Bugak. So mm. I don't know. All right, Wait, so sorry, these, sorry. Ho, Hobak Bugak. All right. So. so the last thing that we ate uh, was expired by six months. This one's only expired by two. So oh, July. I'm assuming. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if this says the uh, is the expiration Wait. date. But to be fair, we took a month off. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is very true. I do got to give you that one. So nobody, like no one open. died after our last uh, expiration. Still here. Tasting. Still pushing the envelope. That's what <laughs> you get with the right, boys. Guys. I you know those expiration right dates are just so. like you know. You sound Arbitrary. like Appa from Kim's Convenience. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, not, oh, it's not real. Expiration dates are marketing. You know, <laughs> it's not it's real. Fun. These kind of look like fried pickles on what? first glance. No, I was going to say like... Whoa! Actually, I was almost like going to say like fried bacon. I was going to say just like uh, egg roll or like oh, wonton yeah, shell things. Yeah, that too. Ooh. Got a little cinnamon in it or something. This is very good. Um, very crunchy. This one kind of looks like a chicken foot. I like that <laughs> little cinnamon flavor. Yeah, the cinnamon, mm-hmm. or a little, yeah, some sort of spice. Something. It's it's way crunchier than I expected. Like this was like fried and then fried four more times. I appreciate it. I won't lie, if you've listened to any of the last hundred episodes, there are certain episodes where things are cold, they're wet, they're not crunchy. And yep. if I have to, if I'm being honest, I would rather them be crunchy. Have to do get a little, little ASMR for this. I don't think that's good ASMR. <laughs> Cutting that out. <laughs> not for the video, listeners. Um, yeah, I don't know. It looks like a fried Rangoon wrapper thing, and then that's what it tastes like to me. Fried but chips. it's like like a little sweet. So yeah, it's got salt on it too. I think. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't really I have a, are, a lot else to say about it. I, I will say these are healthy. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh yeah, I there's mean, not an English uh, nutrition label thing. No, maybe it's on the box. Did you do you have the original box still? Nope. It it actually came individual like this. All right. Well, so. I'm going to go ahead and jump into summations and ratings. I love the design of this. Like I think that they're like delicious. They look good. Um they got a great crunch even for being expired, which is nice. Um I will say I don't like that the bag Let me see if I can show this on on camera. There's like 
a bunch of particles inside the bag, which make it real gross to like reach your hand into. Don't like that. I don't like feeling like I need to have chopsticks to eat it without getting dirty fingies. Uh, so that does knock it down some points, but overall I really enjoy it. So I'm still going to give it four and a quarter out of five crab wing fried wonton thingies. Fried. Yeah. Fried wonton pumpkins. I was going to go right down the middle again and give it a 3.75. Um, (laughs) you and your math. I want to like this more and I don't know. I think I've been having this trouble with snacks lately. I feel like there are things that I, that I, are bumping it down in points, but I can't pinpoint exactly what it is. I think the last couple of things have been like a flavor thing, but I think for this, I don't know. I can eat a lot of these. Uh, yeah. I really like the crunch, but there's, I feel like there's just something missing. Something missing that would push that up further. So 3.75. Do you want it to be like more sweet because it like implies the sweetness? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think. No, I wasn't reading implied sweetness into it. And I do think that it's appropriately spiced or seasoned. Yeah. I mean, it's not a pumpkin. I mean, it's right. not a pumpkin. It is a pumpkin. It's not a sweet potato. So maybe if I had like a little like icing dip or something. Like, like cream cheese? It. Yeah, it's maybe a it's a cream ooh, honestly, cheese. maybe a little cream cheese. That now might we're be literally good. just describing like a crap rango. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. That might not be bad. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go by my rating. I'm splitting the ratings between you two. I'll go right at a four. Um, it's good. It's crunchy. I like the flavor. Something about the crunchiness is almost, like I said, too crunchy for me. Nope. Um, where it's almost not burnt, but it's like, um, I'm trying to think of an example that's too crunchy. Like bagel chips, <laughs> I feel like sometimes can be too crunchy. Um, what kind of chips? Bagel chips. Bagel chips? Never had them. You ever had a bagel chip? Like a Triscuit or something? No, a bagel chip. It's just, they look like ba- little slices of bagel, but they're chips. Huh, okay, go to the store. I've never heard of them. Go to the store, he says. <laughs> just go to the store. <laughs> they got them. Even... We all know where the store is. It's fine. But, I don't know. I like, I like the flavor, so that's why I give it a four. Um, yeah. No, I'm surprised that y'all weren't as like in love with this as I am. This is like, mm. oh, besides the good. honestly, besides the bag, I probably would have given it a five. So, mm. I, I yeah, I honestly think it would have went up if there were more available. Not Better give some dinner. to Sarah before you eat them all. Right. <laughs> Sarah, come eat this before I eat them all. I was literally about to finish it, so that's a good call. Well, Sarah, give us your your quick rate, quick take oh, yeah. rating, quick rating, your, quick your hot take ratings. Just, just eat one. We're on camera. We're, we're live. <laughs> Come speak into the microphone. Come on. He's like, wait. Oh. I didn't know I was going to be on camera. Oh, she <laughs> Give us your ratings. Hurry up. I Come like on. that it just went Three straight up. Five. It didn't go out at all. Three out, Three of, out five. of five. They're a little bit too greasy. Ooh. Greasy. Interesting. What? They're a little bit too greasy. Too That's- fried tasting. Ah, uh, too fried tasting. She says. Okay, that's I get of, that actually. Yeah, I get that's that. What I'm, that's kind of what I mean. Uh, is she like, just walked crispy. away with that bag? It's mine. Like, They're too greasy. I'm good though. Too like, greasy, I'm but I'm taking them with me. <laughs> I probably shouldn't finish them. It's fine. It must it's be fine. cheat day. It's fine. <laughs> it's not how that works, but okay. It's nice of you to share with your wife. It is. It's nice of you guys to remind me to share with my wife. <laughs> it's nice of us to not have shared with our wives though. Because I already <laughs> ate all my chips. <laughs> oh, I'm taking these upstairs, and I, you know, my wife will be lucky to get one. I'm sure my kids will be devouring yeah. these. So Nathan has mouths to feed. Yeah, That's I should have bought four true. more bags. <clears throat> but speaking of mouths to feed, you can feed our mouths by going to <laughs> johnchyshow.com backslash store or slash support uh, to support us Same in way. one of various ways. Another way that you can support us is by going to wherever you get your podcasts and leaving us a rating or review if that is available. Um, if you want to reach out and get a hold of us, you can do that at any of the social media channels at John Chi Show. I don't know why I say at any. Um, you can also send us an email to John Chi Show at justlikemedia.com. You can also also leave us a voicemail at 972-677-8867. We are still taking roof submissions. So please Are get we? us your roof no, submissions. Well, it's in um, that thread. Let's just we're nope. It's away. I'm keeping it's it gone. alive for the next hundred. For <laughs> so um, the next hundred, <laughs> God. 
Um, if you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at Patrick in the World on Instagram and on LinkedIn. KJ? He's the Asian one. Uh, I am at KJ Rilke on all the social platforms. Uh, I might start blogging like old school, well, quote unquote Ooh. old school, because I don't really care for any of the social media platforms. But then, of course, I have to write said blog. So probably not. But if you <laughs> if I do that, then you'll hear about it at some point. I just watched you go through the whole process of being a blogger and then immediately quitting blogging. <laughs> just in that in that. No, right you there. you watched me praying about it, and then God said no. And I was like, great, I needed that. All right. Well, we will be on the lookout for that blog yeah. link. We'll hold you to it, along with your Joan Chi show. <laughs> oh, the Joan Chi show. Maybe that's what I'll call my blog. All right. Oh, I like go. that. I Got like it. that. Nathan, well, where do they you, find you at? You find me at Nowak on uh, Instagram or, of course, on Facebook. Um, that is pretty much it for me. So, great. Uh, Great. Uh, Great. Before we leave, <laughs> Good job. Before we leave, because I do think we should probably be men- at least mentioning it, mentioning it on all of the last or these next episodes. But we are doing a live show. It will be in Dallas on October twenty second or the weekend of October twenty second. Um, Nathan, we have a potential place secured. If you want to have a little bit more of information, we're trying to secure this place to be able to run a couple of the events that are going to be going on for the John G. Live. Where is that at, Nathan? That's the uh, Courtyard Marriott in Carrollton and Conference Center. So we will have a discount code for rooms, and um, we will have um, you know more information, of course, on that soon. But there will be a block of rooms, so you can get a discounted rate. And, uh, of course, you won't have to drive because the event will be there, and we can, we can try to find ways if we're going to other places to get you there. But, but we are super excited for this live part two and to see everybody. So I hope you all can make it. Yeah. Come on down. Yeah. Is that really <laughs> what you want to track? say? That, that's, that's how, yeah, that's how he's going to do it. We have lots, we have lots. Yeah. Of things I'll planned. become like an incredibly just like over the top cowboy for the live show. Nice. I'm excited to wear a cowboy hat. And I will. Boots. Nope. I will never. I wore a cowboy hat one time. <laughs> never again. I, well, yeah, I don't mine. see you in a cowboy hat. Not your look, I don't, I don't think. Really, anyone? I, I honestly, I don't even know if like John John Cho could pull off a cowboy hat. And that's an attractive man. I don't think I could do it. I had a cowboy a hat. Point. I embraced it for a while. Nathan is trying to pull off cowboy hat right now. And with that right. being said, <laughs> we will see you next week for another episode of the John Chi Show. Oh gosh, I am in control Patrick of the soundboard. Patrick forgot to do this outboard. <laughs> oh no! John Chi Hayo. embarrassing for you as always is it always is well for the for the video people i'm just gonna keep talking so that you have a reason to stick around maybe there's some cue cards there i don't know bye